Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Phil Gawthorne, action movie screenwriter. And I'm Liam Billingham, movie podcaster. And together we host Die Hard on a Blank, a podcast from Sugar23 that explores the influence of Die Hard on action cinema. In each episode, we'll talk about one major action movie that was released after Die Hard. Now, some of these movies take place on a bus. On a boat. Or even a roadhouse. Uh, sure. The point is, these are action movies that couldn't exist without Die Hard, and its DNA is everywhere. Die Hard on a Blank is a celebration of action movies and a deep dive into the ways that Die Hard shaped the action genre. So if you're a casual fan or an action movie Die Hard. Ooh, very nice. Then Die Hard on a Blank is for you. Yes, you personally. Our first two episodes, which are all about the original 1988 masterpiece Die Hard, drop December 21st, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie, wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, do the line. Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Hi, everybody. This is Liam Billingham, co-host of Oeuvre Busters. Before we get into this week's episode on John Cassavetti's Gloria, I do want to note that this episode, even more than the other episodes, has a real romantic charge to it. It was recorded on Valentine's Day. So, you know, grab yourself some chocolate, some red wine, and bask in the in the romance, the, the charged chemistry between George and I. To that end, I'd like to read a quick review that reinforces this. This review is five stars. It's from Quell Kell, and it reads, Charming and smart. Liam and George have the most delightful chemistry and are super insightful. I love how accessible, yet smart, this podcast is. Kell, we love how smart you are for liking this show and picking up on this romantically charged chemistry. I mean, we all know it's, it's going on. We all know it's there. We all feel the Jim and Pam or Leslie and Ben Wyatt vibe going on in this in this situation, Cheedy and Eleanor, other Mike Sure shows. I've said too much. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'm George Vagopoulos. I'm Liam Billingham. And this is Oeuvre Busters. Yes. <laughs> If it is number 12, we, we, we don't remember. We have to edit all this out. Um, so what are we discussing today? We're discussing William. the 1980 film Gloria. It's our, it's a, Gloria, it's, it's John. Gloria. That's the U2 song. Oh, I was doing the other mm. song. No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of Gloria 19, songs. 1980, this is our first jump into the cast of 80s. The 80s? The 80s. It this is. This is our first 80s film. It, we're nearing the end, by the way, which um, is also, also kind of crazy. We've, let's, let's, read the, let's read the synopsis real quick, let's shall we? Let's do it. Uh, the mob eliminates Jack Don and his family. His six-year-old son, Phil, escapes with Gloria, the girlfriend of one of the gangsters, but they are chased because of a book containing mop accounts. Damn straight. And that's Damn pretty straight. much the, the entire That um, is the entire, entire plot. plot of Gloria. Um, and I got that plot from, of course, the John Cassavetes Encyclopedia... <laughs> Cassavitipedia. Cassavitipedia. Um, so uh, yeah, 1980, yeah. Um, South Bronx and very much Manhattan. the South Bronx. Um, I love these opening shots of uh, New York City. It's they're re- they're the mo- I wrote down uh, 
Well, first of all, I wrote these opening titles are incredible. They're beautiful. They are, yeah. Um, oh, Vermar Bearden. That's right. The t- you're talking about the credit mm-hmm, sequence? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's so funny, too, because n- not to um, show my intellectual street cred, but I was like, oh, these paintings look like them Romar Bearden's. And you know what? They were Romar Bearden. Bearden. Very famous um, African-American artist. He did okay. a lot of really interesting collage work. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, these credits are really beautiful. Uh, and then it said like paintings by Ramar Beard and I was like wow that's that's pretty fucking awesome isn't it really nice when someone starts to talk about something for I'm not I'm not being you're looking at me like I'm about to dr- dunk on you no, but <laughs> it's really, like I was with my sister watch your fucking mouth I was, motherfucker. I was right. with my sister-in-law um sister-in-law over the weekend and we were talking about um private property and she was like well you know she was like I was just because she's in a Marxist kind of sense she was in, well she's in grad school oh right and she's studying urban planning and so she was learning about the history of private property and like I was like, oh yeah, it came out with enclosure rules in like Great Britain in the like seven, eighteen, <laughs> like yeah. like seventeen hundreds. Yeah. And she was kind of like, how did you? And yeah. I was like, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. I, I'm I'm pretty well versed in private property, Rebecca. <laughs> thank you, college education. <laughs> mm, I didn't get that in college. I got it like two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's a good time to be a socialist. So the so you have beautiful these opening titles and beautiful then opening titles and then these beautiful opening shots. Of the New most York expensive City. of. Uh, John Cassavetti's uh, career probably because they're all helicopter yeah, shots. Yeah, it shows. There's a couple of helicopter shots. Yeah, this is a well, this, well. this is a that's a good time to point out that this is his return to the studio. This is a studio picture. Ah, yeah, this is a studio picture, and you could definitely feel it too because there are, even though I really really enjoy this film, there are a lot of conventional aspects to it. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it definitely shows. Let's, I let's get into this idea that convention is bad because I think sometimes you and I will be like, "Well, it's very conventional." I think it just not in a that. bad way. But not in a bad way. No, I actually think uh, John Cassavetes wears convention pretty well. He does. Yeah, we like, can get a, like a that. well-tailored suit, am I right? So this film begins the with these really that? amazing helicopter shots, and then all of a sudden we're basically on the street, and yeah. we know that like one of the things. By the way, but oh, sorry, can I go just like go Yankees? Okay, Good shot cool. of Yankee Stadium. Yeah, cool, cool. Boston fucking so sucks. Gloria lives in the shadow of Yankee Stadium, she along does. with the the um the Don family, who which is made up of um the wife who uh, is this really amazing actress who's yeah, who, yeah. who's got one scene at the beginning where she's on a bus and, it's and she's really going home and she's there's a little bit of this is kind of an interesting open sequence because she's on the bus and she gets off the bus and she gets into her apartment and she seems a little harried she's got like yeah. one of those shopping carts and then there's a a black guy standing in the first of well, all before a, that too there's yeah. there's the guy in the lobby there's a guy in a, like a pine and like a funny like a, a mob guy wearing yeah a shirt that was definitely worn or bought like in the mid 1970s yeah. but he's still wearing it in 1980 and uh he she notices him and she gets and we don't know we what i love about this opening is we have almost no context he, totally um and the the film the music is very it's a the score to this movie is something to discuss but it's very like dramatic and she gets onto the elevator and we cut to the floor that presumably she lives on and there's a, a black guy and he's kind of just like acting goofy, whatever. Yeah. And then he kind of blocks her exit from the elevator. And th- this is the first time in the movie where I like, I was like, mm. yeah, but then, it, but then to be fair, this goes away very quickly, but there's like this sort of like woman feeling threatened by a black person. Yeah moment in the film but i think also you have to think a little bit about the time when the movie was made and what would have been going on in in new york so it's like i don't know it was yeah i mean it, it, it's 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 problematically tinged to say the least um right, there is totally. no, and we'll talk about also the scene later though which is actually there it's a little bit funny where 
um the the white dude in the cab is racist towards the black cab driver but we'll talk we can talk oh, about that, that later. that's awful that so, was elmo yeah yeah, yeah the Zelmo scene. so, uh, so she, she enters into her apartment go ahead no 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 take, that's what take, I was gonna say. take the wheel so she enters into their apartment <laughs> she's also by the way puerto rican mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting um, and much younger than her husband played by a very famous actor and director buck henry buck which is also a great porn name by the way buck henry fuck yeah. henry would be a better one but uh, it's chill i feel like that's too obvious okay sorry <laughs> cool he's like i'm fuck henry all right you're clearly in porn so he has a daughter. he's so it's buck henry and this this actress um whose name we should get but they have two children uh phil and another girl who's the actress's name is Julie Carmen, um, and she's played. By, she plays Jerry Don. She's married to Jack Don, and their Jack son Don. Phil Don. Um, and there's the daughter too. The daughter who uh, and the grandmother is, is unnamed, and they're all clearly stressed out. And we don't know why. We don't know what's going on. There's talk about making food, but really they just need to get out of the house. And they're very stressed. And you keep cutting downstairs where there's more like sort of vaguely Italian American looking men. Mm collecting in the lobby it doesn't take a master's degree to realize that like there's something going on with the mob yeah and we I, actually to the movie's credit don't really find out until much later in the film exactly what's going on totally but there's a sense of tension and it, it works really really well i like that the discussion the dialogue in the apartment is very kind of convoluted like at some point the husband is saying to the wife like or she asks him like oh, did they hear you? Like apparently he over he uh, like he overheard said something, something or he said something or he said something, and obviously they took it to be um, that he knows about something that was going on. Eventually, you find out that he's been stealing money from the mob. Well, actually, he's been he's been ratting on the mob. Oh, that's right. Or yeah, he, um, he's their accountant. He's, yeah, he's their accountant. Which and he's like such looks like such an accountant. He does look like. It's interesting casting to cast like the whitest man in the world in this character playing with this like it would, like it's an interesting casting. She's so much younger than he is. She is. And he's, yeah. I mean, he's white and she's Puerto Rican. That's not really a thing, but it's more just like they're just an unusual pairing. I thought no, it was no, a, totally. an odd casting choice. Yeah. Like she's she's way out of his league. Did you recognize Gangster Number Two? I did not. Tom recognize Noonan. Him. Tom Noonan from Last Action Hero? No. Uh, he was such the a Reaper. Long time I've seen. He's in Heat. Uh, He's in RoboCop 2. He's in The Monster Squad, which is a film that needs to be covered on this podcast. <laughs> He's a very famous actor. He was on um is, is He Mo- was on Louis C.K.'s show is for Monster a few Squad, episodes. Uh with Wolfman and Dracula? Yeah, dude. Yeah, of course. I've definitely seen Monster Squad. Yeah, that movie's amazing. They're planning a remake and I'm unhappy about it. Are they? Yeah. So, um Nothing they're, is they're sacred sort of, anymore. The family's fra- fr- uh, sort of frantic and deciding what's doing. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door, and everyone freezes. And Buck Henry goes to the door, and he looks at the people, and you see a woman light a cigarette. Yeah. And like, maybe it's because we've been watching John Cassavetti's movies for months. But like, the sight of Jenna Rollins showing up in a John Cassavetti's movie is like when Captain America shows up in <laughs> Infinity War. You're like, yeah. It's about it's fucking like the time. Extended Cassavetti's multiverse. I think I, I think I looked at the time. I the time code and it was only like twelve minutes in, but I was like, it's about Jesus, fucking time. The Chris movie's only yeah. two hours like, long. Come on. And the, and <laughs> she's just like smoking, and she's like ran out of coffee, and uh, she's such a great like. She's just like such a great fed up New Yorker. Oh, she's so goddamn good. So she comes into the apartment, and and it it's revealed that she and um. Uh, Julie are, are friends are friends and yeah. um, not just neighbors not just neighbors but friends and that they're in trouble and she doesn't have a lot of information but they ask her to take the kids and 
she takes Phil, and this is actually kind of a sad scene. She takes Phil. It the daughter runs scene, away. Yeah. She will. She runs away, and so she why, doesn't. Do, do you remember exactly? So I was watching this when I was watching this with my partner, and she was like, "She's like, why isn't the girl going with them? What's the deal?" Like, and she's right. Like, what did they explain? Why? Well, there's a lot of plot holes in this movie. Just and some that's, things that just happen. And you think that's that make one no of them. fucking sense. Yeah, like well, how, the, like how the mob is like Jason esque. So here's an in interesting thing. Everywhere. You know who didn't want to make this movie? I'm gonna guess. Go for it. Uh, Phil, the young boy. John Cassavetes didn't want to make this. Damn. Movie. I mean, he I'm not really didn't want to make it. He, as we've said in previous episodes, uh, gangsters are boring. Yeah, yeah. Which is also I was thinking about. But that he a lot. makes. He might be the great underappreciated gangster filmmaker of the of the of the of the film world. I if mean, these are great gangster movies. Compare, yeah, and if, I guess if you also tie this up to or, or back Killing to of a Chinese bookie yeah. and Mikey and Nikki, which granted he didn't direct Mikey and Nikki, but you know, there's a three. Gang we've now seen almost three gang. Well, we've seen. With the interruption of opening night, we've had like three really good underrated gangster films. Um, he didn't want to make the film. And I think that that shows in some of the choices he makes in the film. And the only reason he made the film is because, from what I've read, is that um, Jenna Rollins got cast in it. She asked him to direct it. Ah, okay. I was and wondering if he brought her board or she I think brought she brought him up. So he him wrote it, though. He so did. I think he wrote it to sell it. And I think that there's some moments in the film where he's like, yeah, and just like let's <laughs> like, like fuck it. Yeah, like like there's a there's a few things there's a few too many coincidences in the script. There are there are, yeah, and it becomes a little over um it becomes a little heavy handed. The last scene. How every, yeah, the last scene oh is. Oh my awful. god, yeah, but it's bad. It becomes heavy handed. How also like I just said every time she, every time like you think she's kind of totally in the clear, the mob just like magically well, that's appears. A, yeah, like the, what they why are they eating at that all yeah. that like yeah. So she brings it back to his apartment, and I don't know if you noticed this, but she had so many photos on the wall in her apartment that I was wondering if the photos on the wall were supposed to be a reference to the opening credits or if the opening credit photos that that, that run across uh-huh. the thing were supposed to be like a reference to it just it, it made me think of that because yeah. one thing I like about the film is that it's it's the 80s so it's like a kind of like if you think about homes that I we we've talked about this a little bit with, yes, um, yeah, yeah. but if you think about homes you grew up in like there were so many pictures on the fucking wall in the house that I grew up in it seems like this was a time when people were just like let me cover the walls with photos and it's also interesting that they cover the, her walls with photos because Gloria doesn't really seem to have anyone in her life. Oh, she has a cat. Sure. But you get, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just kind of interesting. So no, Phil. She, yeah, no, I'm glad also you mentioned that too, because she is very much uh, presented as like an isolated uh, loner, obviously. Right. And with you have some and money saved. Like she seems to be saved. okay. And you find out with mob connections. This is not her, her first rodeo. Uh, rodeo with the mob. Mobio. Mobio, yeah. Mobio. Yeah, I, I think that works. That was briefly my nickname in college. <laughs> Mobio. Um, so she goes. What did she, she goes, do to earn that nickname? I can't talk about it. Sorry. Uh, off, did you off, see Donnie Brasco? Uh, off mic? Did you see? Did yeah, you, of course I fucking saw Donnie Brasco. It's a good movie. I'm a child of the, of the uh, 90s. It's a great movie. Anyway, so, um, they go back to her apartment. The mob brutally executes. But before they brutally execute the family members, and he there's a lot of economy of action in this film. And one of the yes. things he does to signify yep. that is just blow a window out in their apartment. But By the, the way, father, I laugh my ass off when that window gets blown out. Really? Yeah, That's funny. Why. I didn't think it was fine. I thought it was actually kind of sad, but the father calls <laughs> the father calls Gloria, and he's like, put Phil on the phone. Yeah, no, the sad. This scene and, is um, Phil, uh, Phil is, he's just like, Phil, you're the head of the family now. And I think that like, maybe because we've been caught, we haven't seen a lot of father son relationships in these movies. In fact, in most, most John Cassavetes movies, like the fathers are absent. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of nice to have, even if it's like this kind of convoluted mechanism to set the plot into motion. Like one thing I love about this movie is it does not sacrifice character 
for action. Correct. It's a yeah. very, very, very good character movie. The best thing about it are the characters. And there is action, but it is... Um, it's good action. Yeah, it's good action. But it's also not gratuitous, and it's not like over the top. Yeah. It's, it's well... Um, it's sprinkled in. Um, it is sprinkled in. And it's all, this the, is also... Go ahead. No, no, I just want... We also have to fucking talk about this kid who's like 10 years old going on 40. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> I'm a man! Looks like, I'm a man. He looks like a grown ass man. He's a grown ass man. He's wearing this like ridiculous What's like his name? Phil Don, played by John Adams, who is actually yeah, he's in the, the film. He's credited as Juan Adams, yeah. which is kind of weird. Is he? Yeah, that's what I was reading oh. on Amazon. At least I read it on Phil. Amazon. I read it on the Jeff Bezos cloud. On basically Jeff. Yeah. On Bezos cloud. Um, well, you like, know, one thing that sticks out to this movie sticks out for me in this movie, especially in this opening, is how clear of a narrative there is to this flick, which makes it very not like a Casabuddy's film. Very clear like you can almost count we've been talking a little bit about screenplays lately and that you can the narrative like it follows that that campbell campbellian is that a thing campbell? are you talking joseph campbell yeah uh it follows that the soup guy right? that hero's yeah no paul purdue <laughs> yeah it follows that hero's journey thing like pretty clearly like the moments when she goes like it's and like so this sort of like call to call to action yeah. is very clearly presented in this moment but this is the first big plot hole in the film because, because why? So there's been a massive mob shooting in this house. Totally. You're going to tell me that they're going to let the police are just going to let fucking Gloria leave with this little Puerto Rican well, be like, nope, no problem. Just, yeah, you can leave. You don't have to be interviewed even though you live on the floor and yeah, in the well, building. Okay, well, well, two things about that, though. It does seem she's so, okay. So after the family she is lose, yeah. brutally executed, <laughs> she grabs a whole bunch of shit. She grabs her cat. Um, and she's the cat like, disappears eventually. The, well, she well, she drops the cat in the hallway. Oh, which, that's right. Which I like, I nudged my partner and was like, "See, see, see, symbolism, right? She's dropping the cat for the kid. She's dropping the cat for the kid. Mm. So it's going on. It's very deep." So I she, never think of shit like that. She picks up the cat, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, this is awesome because this is not going to turn into like um, Inside Lewin Davis, but it doesn't because she fucking drops that cat very quickly. That cat um, goes, and she goes downstairs. And at this point, though, the cops have just showed up because you see like the detectives run up the stairs, right? So they don't know who has been killed yet. Oh, that's true. And then she says to like one of the cops in the lobby, something along the lines of like, "Oh, like um, that cop told me to like told me to leave." And the other cops like, because the, the one cop just said like, "Oh, you can't leave," and she says, "No, the one the other cops told me to leave," and he's like, "Okay, fine, you can leave." You're right. It still felt ridiculous. The part me. that I didn't understand, and maybe you also heard this because I didn't. When I, I tur- again, I turned to my partner. And I was like, "Why the fuck doesn't she just go to the cops?" And apparently, there's a line. I don't, did you hear this line where she says something like, "Oh, I can't go to the cops because I have a record." Yes. So okay, All right. I did hear that. But so that still, plot, but still, yeah. Don't you don't you just like leave the kid in front of the police station? She has a wreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, speaking of which, inside Lewin Davis, Lewin's the cat. Whoa. Do you know the first posters for the movie Damn. were like the village and just the cat? Ah, I didn't know that. Lewin's the cat. I saw the first half hour. That's fucking it. That's all you've yeah, seen. Yeah, I've heard it's great. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, what else is on? I was like, American Ninja Warrior. Oh, no, I had a, so Emily and I saw Lewin Davis opening night at uh, like downtown on, on Union Square, mm-hmm. and it ended, and I was like, that was good. 
that was good. I like that. That was a good film. This happens with every Coen Brothers movie with me. <laughs> and then, and then like six months later, I watch it again, and then I watch it for three days straight, and it's all I watch. <laughs> I have a friend also who swears by it, and I, I do want, I do need to. It's really, to it's really it. good. It's really good. So, so they escape. They escape, and they go to Gloria's second apartment because in 1980s New York. Yeah, is that a second apartment? Like a nicer, a swankier apartment? Well, so she walks in and she sees right. the dishes haven't been done, and she's like, ah. Slob. So whose apartment is this? I have no idea. No idea. And you don't find you'd never find out because she, later in the film she returns to this apartment at some point. And again, there's nobody else in that apartment. And I thought it would it would be explained. I assume right. like maybe like a lover or a friend. That's what I thought. But she has keys, she walks right in. And she starts to play mom here. She makes some eggs. She, and she totally she, how do you burn eggs? It's like in every like uh, every fourth Cassavetti's film, Jenna Rollins has to make eggs. Do you remember the other film where she makes eggs? Mini and Moskowitz. She I makes think, eggs in Faust's faces I and they're not faces good. And they're not good. <laughs> Does she make eggs in Minnie and Moskowitz? Oh, that's a good question. Let's go back. D- uh, d- dear gentle listeners... Please let us know if yeah, Jenna Rollins makes hey, eggs. Hey, Keith. <laughs> Many Moscow. Keith, can you let us know which film John Cassavetes... Keith, babe, it's Keith, Liam. Keith, can you just let Keith. us know which film Cassavetes makes... Uh, I mean, makes Jenna Rollins make eggs in? Thank, Thank you, by the way, for also constantly downloading the same episodes over and over it's and over really again. It's really helpful. Keith. We're, we're, we're moving up in the download world, and we just know it's you <laughs> clicking and deleting and clicking, <laughs> and then downloading Stitcher and iHeartRadio and all the other He's apps. dedicated. So, we should also point out that, at this, that um, Phil has some book like a uh, accounting books or like an accountant book that his dad gave him and he said like this is your bible this book has all the numbers Take, yeah this yeah this this book has and that's why the mob is now chasing them the mob is right. looking for gloria and phil yeah so two reasons phil is both um a witness to murder to murder and also though he's not a witness to murder right because he was with gloria and that's actually later on gloria tries to say that tries to kind of like to the mob like hey and the kid didn't see anything fucking ice is for people oh my god i had to have to <laughs> I know that hasn't happened yet, but there's also this hilarious scene where, um, oh, because the dad also, one of some of the part, last words to Phil from the dad are like, you're the man now. It's like, this you're is the, your you're book. The, you're the man you're, now, dog. You're He's the like, man you're, now, you're, dog. You're, you're the man. You, you got to take care of things, right? Like, you're, you're, yeah. you're the man. And and like, after the first escape or something, the kid has this like amazing, amazing like breakdown where he starts like screaming at Gloria. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm the man. So they go to her apartment and her second apartment. she goes to take a shower. Yes. And he runs out and he goes oh, and gets a paper and he reads the paper. Oh, yeah, which is amazing. Too. And then he comes back and he's sort of waiting for her and she's like, I'm going out. I'm going to go deal with some things. And he's like, I'm going with you. And she's like, no, you're staying here. And he's like, I'm the man. I'm the man. You can't tell me what to do. I'm the man. Which is kind of an interesting moment in the film because it plays a little bit with like she no everyone in the movie talks down to this kid except for gloria she's just kind of uh, like hey your parents yeah. are dead <laughs> although she really <laughs> well no because she keeps saying something like oh you're just having a bad dream you're, you're just having just a bad, bad dream. dream but she also said but at this point she says to him like you're not the man <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about so as they're having this argument where he's kind of like i'm in charge she's like no you're fucking not and this is one of those moments in the film where i was like cassavetti uh cassavetti actually cassavetti. in a conventional sense yeah. has better instincts for comedy than drama like he's really good at finding the comedy in this movie and he really he overdoes it with the drama in yeah. a lot of this well movie. they're like r- exchanges at times are like amazing right because i think is this also the part where he says something like he's like you're not you're you're, you're ugly you're a pig you're stupid right exactly Um, yeah and it's also it's also great too because obviously it shows that like 
it, it felt it felt real to me in the sense of like how would a kid actually like process this like knowing right. that both he had to he, he's now dependent right. completely on this woman but also he's like who the fuck is this woman yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he life? doesn't what, know i mean he barely knows her. what has my life become so, i mean yes i'm 40 years old <laughs> and i'm wearing these like really tight like bell oh, bottoms shirt's the best he doesn't shirt. change his clothes in the entire film it's actually oh, it's a little amazing. weird yeah, yeah well you know well he's <laughs> See where also when they go to the flop house and he's in his underwear. I'm like this kid has more stylish underwear than yeah, I do. He's really still well, some of these tidies white tidy whiteies. They're not tidy whiteies. Well, There's like a floral pattern on okay, them. Okay, but they're still like of the same. They're, they're like tidies. They're like the early or late seventies versions of like me undies. Sponsored by Me Undies. <laughs> Store your junk, MeUndies.com. Anyway, so at this moment as they're arguing and there's this kind of hilarious like gen like kind of eight-year-old boy like kind of being gross <laughs> but also hilarious and like un- like understandably traumatized the mob shows up dun, dun, dun. and this is they like they narrowly escape and what's great about this scene is that it's so well like Cassavetes really knows how to yeah. shoot action he's a good action director and it's because he doesn't overdo it there's mm. not like crazy angles it's not like a Paul Greenglass handheld yeah thing. yeah it's just very like following the action relying on cutting it's very very effective i found it is yeah this is wait but, so is this when they exit the building and, and she actually has like a crisis of faith of like am i yes. gonna do this so or not? they man they so the, the cops come from i mean the guys come from above and below and they manage to hide and then sneak down the stairs and yeah. it's like very well staged oh wait, but this is also the scene where the, the mobsters see her and they look over the the banister and like oh it's gloria oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the kids really attached to her um, and she has like this moment where she's like, you know what, kid, I don't want to deal with you. I, I don't want to deal with you at all. And then the mobsters pull up in a car dun, dun, dun. and she's like, and th- what's great about this moment actually is that like, if you've ever dealt with a kid, the way that it gra- he grabs onto her, it's like, that's how kids, that's how yeah. kids treat adults. Like when they're needy, like he just won't let her go. But th- this car pulls up and like, yeah, it's she's like having this, mobsters. she's having this first like wavering this moment of like, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do, whatever. And these mobsters pull up in the car and they're like, give us the kid. And she's like, um, no, like he didn't witness anything. And they're like, come on, Gloria. And then she pulls out a gun and fucking kills all four of them. And they start to drive away and she shoots the driver and the car flips yeah. over. It's a, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. This was the scene. So the first, I mean, I should say like, I wasn't totally sold on this film for the first like 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. And it was this scene that totally fucking did it for me. She totally aces these motherfuckers without even a thought in the world. She just whips out her six shooter and just like right. blows them. She away. blows the fuck out of those these guys. And well, she, she blows them away. And she does not stop murdering people for the rest of the She kills she kills like ten, upwards <laughs> of ten people. A whole bunch of people. Um I think was this when I texted you and I said like uh Jenna Rollins and the Die Hard remake. Yeah, so good. I would watch the shit out of that. I don't know if now when she's eighty years old, but yeah. um she you know this film was remade? Yes, with I do. Sharon Stone, directed by Sidney Lumet. I did know. Oh, I didn't. Know I remember I, when it came out. Sidney Lumet. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think Sid or Sidney is. I think it was Sidney Lumet. I wouldn't be surprised. He's great. Did you see it? He is great. No, but. I've never seen it, but I remember when it came out. Sharon Stone is actually a really good choice if you're gonna rec- if you're gonna recast like a, the legend. Somebody like us, because she, she kind it. of has yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of she's a good uh, toughness about her. She's, yeah, she's she's a good actress. So then they go to the bank and and Gloria gets her money out yeah. of the safe deposit Also, box. apparently, ninth, early uh, 1980s New York, you could just run around the city like brandishing a weapon, and nobody will like say well, anything. They also get into a cab, <laughs> and the cab driver's like, "That looks like a pretty bad accident." She's like, "We don't want to talk about accidents," and they drive away. <laughs> She's so funny in this she movie because I think Cassavetes gave her carte blanche. She was like, "Listen, Jenna, I don't really want to do this yeah, thing. This also, I'm shit. dying of alcoholism. Um, will you like? Will you take the reins?" And like, I think he, 
man, when he gets at it, when, when like he's got, just got to make a movie, he's like really is, I mean, that's not to say the other movies aren't great. They're amazing, but just like the cleanness of the thing, this thing, like yeah, makes it no, a very, no, totally, pl- yeah. one of the, so I was thinking if someone, many people I'll be like, many Oh, I, my, I make a pot. I'm doing a podcast and they'll be like, what's it about? And I'll be like, John Cassavetes. And they'll be like, I've never heard of him. And I'm like, sure, of course you haven't. Why would you have? <laughs> And then they'll be like, well, what's a movie I sh- have seen? I'm like, you haven't. And then I'll say like, he's in the dirty dozen. This is the movie I would recommend people start with. Oh. I think this is a great entry into John Cassavetes because it's very watchable and very funny. So that's what I was going to say that it's definitely, it's probably the, the Cassavetes film that I've enjoyed the most in the sense that it's I, laugh out loud funny. It's so is Minnie and Moskowitz, the, but it doesn't come with the attending other stuff. That's right. There's a lot of action. Um, good action it's very conventional and certain and not necessarily all in bad ways except <laughs> except for the ending it's very conventional it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing um convention is bad but it's definitely a studio product yeah well that's fine yeah no it is it's I don't fine i yeah. care yeah um so they go so they go to the bank and this is a nice moment where we see gloria kind of interacting with this bank guy he's like yeah, she's she, she money from her safety deposit. She's money for safety deposit box, and he's kind of standing there, and she's like, "Can I have a minute with my money?" My, my money? Yeah, she's so great, and you can see how that there's a moment at the very end of the film with a cab driver and Phil, where he's clearly like taking her kind of brusque way with people. Yeah. It's so great. So that once she gets the money, they go out to Flushing and they go into a flop, flop house. house. And it was awesome too because it was like, I know that seven train station. Yeah, no, totally. Well, there's a lot of this movie. You have moments where you go like, "Oh yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are a Queens native. I was Queens represent. Yeah, of course." You and Fife and and Q-Tip. Yankees obviously in the Bronx. Did I ever tell you? But I gave. Did you say Q-Tip? Yeah. The Q-Tip from a Tropical Quest. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I once gave him a bottle of water? Cool. <laughs> do I. Do you want to hear this story? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I have a good Q-Tip story so, too. So I oh, don't fucking step over my Q-Tip story. How dare you? Can I kick it? <laughs> so I yes, was. Yes, you can. I was um, interning at a uh, movie production company that will go remain nameless. Tribeca Weinstein? Production. Oh, Tribeca. You worked for Weinstein for a while. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let's not let's not talk about that. The, the, the lawsuits are still going on, and um, so he was there because they were thinking about making a rap prison musical called prison song which i think maybe they eventually made but i'm not sure if he was in it what the yeah fuck? and he was in the offices and one of my bosses was like can you bring q-tip a bottle of water i was like i sure can so i bring i believe it was a bottle of poland spring and i said mm. brought it over to mr tip and i was like <laughs> <laughs> i was like here you go and he was like thanks and i was like would you like anything else and he was like no i'm cool i was like great and I walked away, and that's about it. That's a good story. <laughs> that's a good story. Um, but he, he was like, he was obviously like, you know, not that I interacted with him in any sort of way other than beyond what I just said. But he seemed really down to earth and very cool. Why did you intern with? Because uh... at some point I thought I was going to be a filmmaker, and oh. I was like, this is what I need to do to be a filmmaker. Huh, that's not inaccurate. I, I need probably. to just give people my free labor. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody needs it. It's Tribeca Production. They really need it. Rob, Bobby's Bobby's hurting. Babo. John Stewart used to come by the offices. Um, <sighs> I'm sorry. I know. I did. I. I'm gonna. You're not a Stewart fan. Overrated. He seemed like a really cool, like down to earth guy. He did. Really? Yeah. I'm Team Mark Maron all the way. Um, (laughs) Uh, Do they have a beef? They have a beef. Apparently. Oh. I think that they don't like it because they're both like kind of loudmouth dudes. Like I can't see them being. I don't know. I. They also both kind of did political stuff for a while. Like you know what I mean. I don't really know. This is all getting cut. All of it. And they both had to be censor stage. (laughs) Like what? Like I. 
That's true. They probably both like attention. Is that what you were referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or were you talking about the film Center Stage? No, I wasn't referring to the film. I just meant like they're both like alphas. Yeah, they are both alphas. So then she gets some money from the bank. She gets some money from the <laughs> bank and they head out to Flushing and the During hotel the room house. is two fifty a night. It's a flop house, yeah. which I actually Googled flop house because I didn't know if it, <laughs> if, if it, it just means a shitty hotel. It does. I yeah. didn't know if it meant like a shitty hotel with some like, you know, well, prostitution the guy, the, or something. The guy also at the front desk is There's like, a flop house. Yeah. He's, he explicitly says it's a flop house. He's, All the doors are open. Just pick any room. So they go into the hotel and it's kind of a hilarious scene. It is when she pushes him off the bed. So yeah, he's, he's he, like lays on the bed next in like his skivvies. <laughs> he's trying to like flirt with it's her. It's like the first of their kind of like, yo, because he keeps being like, you're my mother. You're my father. You're like, you're my, I, mean, I love you, Gloria. Yeah. And like, he doesn't really know how to, I mean, he's, he's eight like, years fucking Gloria. old. He doesn't, yeah. And like, he kind of like, it's they have such an interesting relationship because like they're definitely like fill like a like a hole in each other's lives but like she it's just a very curious funny relationship she's not course, totally sold on him yet yeah yeah she's not really she, and she's kind of like she's a reluctant you know it's a, if this is a movie about motherhood which it, i don't think it really is because she consistently says i'm not a mother but it's yeah. more like a, a movie about like guardianship so to speak she kind of is just like Dude, fuck you. Like, she doesn't really like... Well, she she gr- treats Phil like he's, like, a colleague. <laughs> well, this, this scene's great, too, because she pushes him off the bed, right? right? So he, like, tries to cuddle with her, and she's like, get the fuck off the bed. It's so funny. <laughs> she, it's pushes, she pushes, like, this eight-year-old kid off the I bed. I love you, Gloria. <laughs> and then he gets back on the bed. Yeah, and then they, they go to sleep. But this is one of the moments in the movie where I was like, the movies have the precocious kid problem. Yes. And this movie doesn't really have it. Like, it... He's his preco- precocity, precociousness. Pre- precocity is precocity a word? No, I'm no. thinking it is. <laughs> You're the English Precoci- Precociousness. Pre- precociousness is not offensive. It's not no because again, there's a lot of like, um, yeah, like she under she's constantly like undercutting him. Yeah. Um, she's also like at times just like frankly very shitty towards him. Like yeah. she calls him stupid a lot of times. She like really problematically says like, why don't you speak English? Why yeah, and he, like, doesn't say like he maybe says like two don't speak two, Span- or two words in Spanish the entire yeah, film. He's actually his English is totally perfect. Yeah, it's totally fine. Doesn't even speak with like an accent or anything. So in the very next scene, they go to a graveyard. Oh yeah, I love this scene. Um, this scene's amazing. I love yeah. So why do they go to the graveyard? So they go to the graveyard. So she, and she basically kind of tells him to like ritually not in this this kind of using this language but to like ritually say a prayer for his dead family but they don't they're not buried yet which is a really interesting thing that yeah. comes up later in the film so he just kind of picks a random set of graves to do it yeah and she kind of like turns her back and he does like this really kind of like you know very cute prayer yeah. and, um for his dead family right um and then it's like back into the city because obviously you get the impression here because he says I'm like what town are we in? And at this point he's like I, I want to go home. Yeah. And then he says I want to play stickball. I and I was like no ball. kid in the history yeah. of the universe has said I want to play <laughs> stickball except in movies. No little kid in was like I want to play. Stickball. I used to love to play strike box. You ever play strike box? What's strike box? It's just baseball, but like you literally draw a strike zone on a wall, and you know just somebody throw pitches and you hit. Oh. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You New York kids with yes, your stickball and your strike. I, I strike never box. played stickball, but I know a lot of people who did play stickball. How is stickball? Is it just because you use a stick? Yeah, exactly. There was there. Um, I had, a, I, had a, I used to work with this guy who said that. Um, did you just try to play footsie with I me? I did. Yeah, and, it is and, Valentine's and, and, Day, and it's not, it is. We are recording on the most romantic <laughs> podcasting day of the year. No, I um, had the time of my life, and I never felt this way before. before. Yes. 
You can't see it, but I'm lifting Liam up <laughs> over, over, over my head and my arms. George, oh, George you're, you're not strong enough. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is difficult, my back. Um, stick so, ball, stick, so, stick ball. So then, stick ball, am I right? So yes. then they head back into the hard city. Right. So after the graveyard, they decide to go to Philadelphia. Not Philadelphia. Pittsburgh. Because the kid's like, Pittsburgh? (laughs) Pittsburgh? And they go, this is another plot hole. They go to... um, Penn Station. Penn Station. Mm -hmm. And at Penn Station, they see the mob again. Again, yeah. And again, this is like one of those moments where the mob magically appears Appears out of nowhere. In the same restaurant that they happen to be getting food at. To to some degree, it makes sense because they would be staking out like places like the you know like Penn yeah, Station yeah but they're all like, sitting politely at the table and they, are, yeah. like she sits down they're like hello Gloria yeah. and you're but, like what well like, she walks over to them she's like oh, hold on a second don't move kid but before that also they have like this really again beautiful and testy exchange with the waitress yeah where the kid goes like the kid goes to something like I want this and the, and the, the waitress is like we only have pie is no, it, he's like, what kind of pie? She, she's like, he's like, I'll have pie. And she says, what kind of pie? And he oh, says, yeah. apple pie. And she says, we only have peach. And he's like, <laughs> Dude, peach you pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Gloria just orders a cup of coffee. And this is when she realizes that the mobs are just sitting a table over. And she says, like, yeah, I'll be right back. She walks over to them. Um, and this is where kind of like she says, she begins to like try to bargain with them. Yeah. She's like, leave the kid alone. I'll give he you the book. didn't see anything. I'll give you the book. And the one guy says, oh, I can't kind of, I, I'm not, you know. My boss is the one who makes the deals. Right. And he says, like, I don't trust these other guys here, even if you were to give me the book. The bombsters in this movie are very generic. I really miss my Timothy Carey. They and are. My, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're Seymour Cassell. They're totally um, window dressing. Yeah. Take that, mobsters. They're just there to be fucking annihilated by <laughs> so General Rollins. At this exact just moment. Just walking corpses. So then she pulls a gun and they run. So they escape Penn Station and they go back to her apartment. Her second apartment. Her second apartment. She has a second uh, rejection of him. Yeah, she yeah. kind of just, and she's like, like I'm doubting gonna, herself again. So they kind of like, she just kind of like leaves him there, but he follows her out. Yeah. And as they're going, she, uh, she kind of like he's following her like a puppy, and she finally walks into a bar, mm. and that bar, the bartender is played by Lawrence Tierney of Reservoir Dogs fame. You may not remember. I remember. Yeah. 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 That was like the guy who organized them all, right? Yeah. 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 Do- um. Joe. And she asks the bartender, like, hey, is there's this kid outside? Right. And he feels rejected, so he goes home. Yeah. Well, it's also great, too, because they have, like, she exchanges some dialogue with the bartender, like, are you, are you always open this early? Because it's, it's, like, 9 like o'clock in the God, morning. Yeah, <laughs> which doesn't sound appealing, but also it's nice that there's, like, a bar that opens at 8 a.m. Like Somewhere you, in New York City, there's always a bar that's open at 8 a.m. I've never drank that early in the morning. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've drank until then but I've brunch not... yeah the brunch doesn't even technically start until like 11 alright calm down neoliberal neo scum <laughs> <laughs> so they she so, kind of she has like a, a check so after leaving this kitchen then has a crisis of faith and yeah. she decides to find him so she gets in a cab and goes back to the neighborhood the Bronx yeah the Bronx and she sees him sitting on a stoop with some of his friends holding the book holding the book and then oh no shit goes down again shit goes down so then the mobsters appear again magically out of nowhere Right. Um, grab the kid. Right. And his friend, because now he's like, he ran away with one of his friends. Right. Um, when he saw also Gloria. And they like t- take him away into like some apartments. Yeah, they bring um, him to an apartment. And Gloria, because she's a fucking cold-blooded killer, just walks right into this apartment. And she kills. She finds she finds them. She kills. And yeah, um, the the friend's father. Why does she? Why is the friend's father there? Uh, the, the impression I get is that there's, there's, 
the person that I also that I got from the scene was that the kid was in some sort of way in on it. That he was like, yeah, the dad was like mobbed up also. And he's like, oh, hey, if your friend comes back, like make sure to bring him to like my apartment. Again, right, it's not right, really, right, it's right. Not really explained very well. But it's well. not very really explained, but you're kind of like she. And then it's just a moment for Gloria to get to fucking just lay waste. Just, just, just blow these dudes <laughs> away. And it, then she takes him and they get on the subway. Yeah. Right. Right. So then they get on the subway again to escape. L- love the early 1980s subway. It's very grimy. And they're about to get off. A, tra- a train stop she gets off and of course because new yorkers are assholes um they don't let the kid get off and he gets stuck on the train right and she starts screaming like get off at 42nd he's street like, he's like what yeah i love how he gets knocked around by all these people <laughs> and so she gets on the next train right and the mobsters are on that train yep and they try to it. they try to they try to um Kind of grab her, and she's so smart. She punches one of them in the face. Right. So when he punches her back, they the the whole town, the whole the whole town, the whole, the whole the train whole descends yeah. on this guy and separates. It's them. funny you should say the whole town too, because it's like this is like the kind of film that makes New York seem like it's so fucking small. Where like you turn around any corner and like, oh my yeah. god, there's mobsters in my. Like she bumps into there. the guy on the bus that she knows, like earlier in the yeah, film, which yeah. you know, like, get into. She's on the bus and she's like, hold on, and this guy's like, Gloria, you're yeah. in big trouble. Yeah, it's big like, why tr- the fuck is this guy on this and bus? He was mobbed up, right? Yeah, of course he was mobbed up, right? There's just these the little convenience convenient things so this is both the best of new york and the worst of new york the worst of it is they don't let the kid get off the best of it is she gets smacked and they come to her aid she also has all these great lines she also whips out her gun so she gets off at the next station and she finds the kid right and also a lot of punks here right she's like she's like she's like i'm gonna take you out make my day she says make my day she says make my day it's very yeah yeah but she keeps having these great lines where she's like oh you're making like she's basically like oh i will do it like it's so they're so 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 good so then so she, they escape. Yeah, she they goes go to Forty Second Street. Right. She, well, she goes to Forty Second Street. She finds the kid there. Yeah. Another great scene where she pulled the, the train pulls into the station and he's just like waving at yeah. her. <laughs> he's like hi. Right. So they reconnect. They go to this hotel. Um, this is where she then like while he's sleeping, right? She goes downstairs to get like coffee Don- and donuts. Donuts and yeah. Zelmo. Can we just pause and just coffee and donuts? My God, is there, is there I had a, a half a donut today. And please tell me, every, give me all the details. <laughs> <laughs> I can live vicariously. It's very good. It's very good. Well, it was Valentine's Day, so there was lots of sweets. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I saw this was at work. You were like, yeah. You were like, yeah. Sounds good. Don't tell me about that donut. <laughs> so then she keep goes. Going, um, keep going. Keep going. She goes to buy uh, d- uh, donuts. Right. By the way, I totally called it. I said to my partner, I was like, this guy looks so fucking Greek. And he was. He was Selma? No, no, no. The guy the guy at the at the donut place. Oh, uh, really? Because she says something like, I only got 100. And he's like, just Don't worry it. about he's it. Like, just take it. Just donuts. take it. He's yeah, like yeah. exasperated. Just take it. Um, 100, by, by the way, I'm pretty sure $100, 1980 now money is like $33,000. <laughs> so she's walking <laughs> did around. Did you fucking work out the inflation for <laughs> that too? Did. She's walking around like, here. Do you have change for $33,000? And he's like, no, I don't have fucking change for $33,000. That's how much I make in a year. <laughs> College costs $100. <laughs> so this is when she runs into um, Selmo. Selmo. Right. Um, Selmo from Minnie Moskowitz in this film. Not yeah. Named Selmo. She, she, what, so wait, I, I'm confused. She gets into the cab. Or she gets into a, into, she, he gets and into he the, runs into, gets into the cab. And then he jumps in with her, which again is so Minnie Moskowitz. It's like the yes. same goddamn thing. Yeah. And he basically says to her like, hey, Gloria, we go way back. If you turn right. yourself in, it'll be good for me. Right, 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 right. Um, and she starts like attacking him. Well, she was like, get your hands off yeah. me. And the cab driver's like, what are you doing? And he says to the cab driver, you look like an ape. Yeah, which is like obviously a horribly woof, fucking racist. Um, but it's also it, like what better way to paint this person as a complete and utter like 
human bin of trash than to like have him he's on the screen for like 30 seconds and yeah, he goes from like awful. goes from being like obviously this guy who's trying to get her turned into right. mob to also being like uh, a racist asshole but she escapes him and she gets back home well, also the cab driver pulls over and he's like get the fuck out of my yeah, he throws that guy up but he she <laughs> yeah. but then she runs out the other side she runs like out well the other he's side. confronting zelmo and she unfortunately she leaves the donuts behind which like maybe the greatest travesty of the film yeah one can only wonder what kind of donuts they were were they glazed um you know what this movie loses that maybe a donuts a, a yeah less... that's what saying dude fucking i'm just <laughs> we just you know this movie. Lost the donuts. I know. We let's move on. Let's move on, Lard Lad. Um, can, I just, can I just drink to the drink to the, to the pour one out for the donuts into your mouth? I'm actually kind of hungry. Are you? Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, I want donuts. Um, so uh, at this moment, she gets she goes back to the apartment, and there's there's actually like kind of a a good there's like a this movie does really well at getting it like hopelessness. Like they're re- they they seem real fucked at this point. They I do. think she actually says at this point like they're gonna the Phil says like they're gonna catch us, aren't they? And she's like, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Right. She's exactly. very stoic in the face of right a uh, certain annihilation. <laughs> no, totally. Um, she goes back to the hotel. Right. And she says to Phil, um, I'll be back in three and a half hours. Because at this point, she also called up Tanzini, the mob boss. And she's like, I'm going to try to make a deal with him. She gives him a shit ton of money. And she's like, put this money in your socks. Right. Um, and if I'm not back in three and a half hours, meet me in the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh train, train station. station. There's always a really cute moment where goes to the clock and is like counts like yeah. one two three i hate his little fucking kid voice i hate it <laughs> it's part of his precociousness Ugh, precocity yeah. um isn't is this also the part says i think it's a little bit earlier but he says like i love you gloria you're my mom my, my dad, dad and my, my girlfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah exactly so they get so she goes she goes to tony's office tony yep. is the big boss and it's revealed tony here or tanzini tanzini right tanzini, I, well, I have that. tony written down but yeah, tanzini. call him tony tony tanzini you won't mind so uh it's revealed that tony tanzini of tarrytown as uh, <laughs> just trying to get the alliteration <laughs> i got yeah i got it is her ex-lover yes Louvre, yeah. by the will. way did you totally get like a sallow vibe from this apartment because it's what point. i wrote down background of tony's office what <laughs> because a whole bunch so of she like goes to naked and in the bathroom there's all these yeah they're like sunbathing or like sitting in saunas and, and like, like you like, definitely know there's some like young teenagers in like a tub full of shit eating like apples with razors in them should we do Pier Paolo Pasolini I, it would force me to watch the entirety of that film have you <laughs> seen it before no yeah, only, I haven't seen only it bits and pieces I had a professor in college the shit pieces or the poop <laughs> which pieces ah, look we did there I have a professor in college who said he saw it in a movie theater and a couple of rows in front of him was um, Jackie Onassis herself oh and then about like 45 minutes into the film she got up and like walked out because she couldn't deal with it <laughs> Fucking Jackie. Come on. So then he she tries to bargain. I'm not with gonna him. put this in the recording, but her, her husband's literally got blown away <laughs> in front of her and she couldn't handle and she Salo. Couldn't Salo. <laughs> the good point. That's a good Woof. Point. Come yeah. on, Jackie. I mean you could leave that in there. It's been like it's been a while. Yeah. Too soon, as an too Irish soon. Catholic from Boston, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I would be disowned. So she tries to bargain for the kid's life and she basically says, you know, like Here's the, she brings him the book. She's like, yeah, here's, here's the, book. the book. Leave this kid alone. Leave the kid alone. And actually, at one point, she asks for a cigarette, and he lights a cigarette, and they have this like long look at each other. Yeah. That's kind of the whole movie. Like it, it's really, really great. It's really. And he well pours her like a glass of wine. Right. But there's also a lo- the the dialogue in the scene is great because they're clearly like talking about her own death, but right. not, not in a direct manner. Because she says something along the lines of, "Ah, oh, you know, you guys are gonna have your day." Um, and that basically means like you know, like I'm done. I'm done. I'm done for. Right. 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 Um. 
so she leaves the, she gives him the book and then at some point basically she says like well she takes they give her a drink and she takes a sip of it and she goes l'chaim l'chaim which yeah. I thought was very I don't know what I mean it doesn't mean it but it was just kind of supposed to be, we don't know if she's Jewish or not no no no, the no, character, no it's not yeah. a, it's a, but there's all this like casual Jewishness in John Cassavetes like the with the opening night and the or not so casual I mean obviously like Minnie Moskowitz it's casual like, in, the, in the sense that it's Okay, so but at the same thing with with that is the, like he does he doesn't it's not like the characters often acknowledge their Jewishness mm-hmm. or whatever but they but they are they kind of like speak to it or like it's it's very kind of s- subtly laid in there I mean or whatever the case might be it's interesting so I felt like one it's funny you should say that because I felt like one of the subversive elements to this film and not like that it's mind blowing but I thought it, it was interesting that clearly obviously here you have like a white mother figure and like the ch- the child is clearly obviously right. Puerto Rican. And I felt like, Oh, is it trying to also make some sort of kind of comment on like the biracial family unit and like that I felt was kind of progressive. Although obviously like the white savior kind of narrative also is totally not progressive. Right. In certain ways. Okay. So he pours the wine, takes a sip, she drinks and, a lot of it. And she does drink a lot of it. Yeah. And she basically, and this is where she kind of says, she turns away and she's like, I'm going to walk out of here. Um, she walks, she begins to walk out and he clearly is kind of like doing the moral calculus. Like, right. Do I kill her or not kill he her? He doesn't want to. He's like, I love you and I love yeah. the little boy. That's right. Yeah. And they sort of talk a little bit about their relationship. Their past relationship. And he's like, oh, fuck it. And then he runs. He's like, she's getting away. And then she shoots one of the guys, right? She, she, well, they, she shoots the guy outside. She, she shoots the guy outside. Yeah. Who's already <laughs> been in the movie a couple times. But I just like, love how like, she like, just like, Whoa. boom. Like, yeah, I feel without like, even thinking about it. I think we're it. underemphasizing what a badass Jenna Rowlands is in this movie. She kills like so many people. So many people get murdered I in forgot, this movie. You're right. So she kills the guy who's standing outside the door. And then she gets on the elevator. And this is a cool scene, yeah. So they... Start shooting into the elevator, elevator, yeah, into the elevator shaft. Um, and With obviously, like a normal like, gun and then a bigger gun, yeah. And you're like, oh my god, what's going on? So then it cuts, right? All you see, the last thing you see of Gloria is her getting to the elevator and her being the shot, the gun out. going off, and then it the cuts to the little boy, Phil, Phil back in the um, he's, hotel room, yeah, he's in the hotel, sorry, room. in the apartment, he's. Uh, no, I think it's the hotel, right? Because he's about to leave. Yeah, yeah, you're and right. And he goes downstairs and he asks for change. I think that might have been a little bit before. Do you before. have change? You know, it's right about there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they call and they're like, will you be staying another day? Yeah, another day. And she, he's like, yes, we will. Two nights. Two nights, right. He, yes. So he's also shaving in the, in the mirror. Um, and he's not shaving. He just looks like a 40 years old. Joke? Yeah. No, no, I'm just thinking because he looks oh, like he's 40 years old. I thought you were making like a Home Alone old. joke. I took a shower washing every part of my body with... <laughs> So he goes downstairs and he has to concierge. her. She's like, do you have change for a hundred, which I know is like $33,000, but still, do you have change? And the concierge looks at him and he's like, how would you want it? And he's, he's like, fives and five ones. <laughs> and the guy's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I wanted him to be like 33,000 pennies. Yes. So then he, he gets on the train and he fucking goes to Pittsburgh. He goes to Pittsburgh. Which I did not. I recommend to my worst. So he enemy. goes. I've never been to Pittsburgh, but I like that I. book, The Mystery oh, of no, Pittsburgh, by I, Michael Shabin. I have been to Pittsburgh. When did you go to Pittsburgh? Uh, for uh, Modernist Studies Association conference. Sure. Boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> so dumb. How was the Shabin book? It's very good. His books are all good. Uh, is it Shaban? Shabin. I believe in France it's Shaban. 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 <laughs> so the kid goes to Pittsburgh, and um, he gets off the train, and there's a man that touches him on the shoulder and was like, "Can I help you?" Oh, and I was like, yeah. "E." <laughs> That's right. 
these like business dudes like what are you doing here young man he's and like i'm he here to close a deal to go to a cemetery yeah he wants yeah. to go to a cemetery <laughs> sorry i jumped on your no it's okay it wasn't that did really you know funny. that a hundred dollars is thirty three thousand dollars <laughs> well i did because i'm a businessman look at my suit hello i'm mr business i made two hundred dollar bills last year which would equal sixty six thousand dollars that's what i make adjusted for inflation that is my friend owes twenty three thousand dollars. And so, he's um he's wearing a top hat and a monocle. He's Mr. Like, Peanut. He's like, it's mm. actually Jeff Bezos. <laughs> it is. It's totally Jeff Bezos. He's like, you look like you can uh, be a mighty fine like, chimney sweep. Would you like sweep. me to drop you off at the cemetery with one of my Amazon drones? That joke was a maybe a few words too long. So uh, he asked the guy how he gets to a cemetery, and he goes to the cemetery. That gets dropped off, and he says to the he has an exchange that Gloria has with many a cab driver That's throughout right. the film, where he's like, "Just wait for me." Yeah. And the cab driver's <laughs> like, "How much money do you have?" And he goes, "Hey, Mister, I got more money than you like could not." And he like pulls he pulls all like the wad of money out. He's like, "Is this enough money for you, <laughs> you like, fuck?" And he like throws it at him. And the guy's like, "Cool, cool, cool, yeah. cool." And then he goes. So I had trouble figuring out like why he was at the cemetery. I kind of forgot about that. Forgot about the scene. other scene. But then it's kind of moving because he goes to like a grave, and he's yeah. like, "Hi, Gloria." I miss you and I love you. I love, and I at this point, you. also, I'm like, I'm dying inside because I'm like, like, yes, this is how the film should end. Right? It's such a good ending. And then the cab pulls away. And you're also like, amazing because now not only is the kid alone in the cemetery praying to his dead friend, but also the cab has left. Like, it really. It's a sad ending. Yeah, it's a sad But. All of a sudden, a black Rolls Royce or something pulls up and an old woman gets. Oh my God, I can't. An old woman gets we out need of to it, get to it, and it cuts to a wider shot from Phil's POV, and this, this it's General Allen's, and she goes, "Aren't you gonna say hi aren't to your you grandmother? Aren't you kiss your grandmother?" Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> "Like what? Way? Why is she disguised as an old lady?" Yeah, and then, and I actually would have been fine if that's how it ended. If it ended right there, that would have been fine. I still wouldn't have been okay with it, but okay. But then. The orchestra swells, yeah. and Phil runs over to her. In slow-mo. This film has a two-hour running time, and this scene is an hour 45 <laughs> of it. In slow-mo, he runs over, and they hug, and like, they're like... Like the like, idea that the other 15 minutes is just glo- like Gloria <laughs> blowing people blowing away. Yeah, like. exactly. Um, they hug, and like the wig, her wig comes off, and then the credits start, and you're like, I wrote, what is this ending? Exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark question mark it is so egregiously bad yeah it's awful almost i had a moment where i was like is john cassavetes trolling the audience (laughs) it's so bad it's so well and this is where the conventionality of it kind of really just this is conventionality this is like john cassavetes like looking at the camera this is like a friend in college shitting on your car am i right it's so bad previously (laughs) on stories um it is a it's a rough it's a rough, it's a ending. rough ending yeah and it it almost yeah it almost derailed the entire film for me as well so we've we've moved rather sloppily through this this did film. we i feel <laughs> uh, the tightest uber buzzers miss, yet did we miss any of the uh, i do want to say something though can we just talk about its theme so a yes i'm troubled also with children the white savior narrative of it all 
Um, but B, you said earlier that you don't think this film's about motherhood, and this film's entirely about motherhood. Right. Well, I guess what I mean is that I, what I appreciate about the movie's point of view on that stuff is that it, it'll, it this is a character that has the license to be like, I'm not a mother, which I appreciate. I don't think that John Cassavetes is awash in sentimentality enough to not allow it. Maybe it's about motherhood, but it's about a reluctant motherhood, which is sure. pretty interesting. That I agree with. But there's also that one line, I think it's the mob boss, right, who says something like, Every like, woman is a mother. Every mo- woman is a mother, yeah. Like, of course you love the kid. Every woman is a mother. Yeah. Um, um, which is like a very p- pale male patriarchal. Without question. And, yeah. you know, again, this is another mo- This is like the third film in a row, uh, ab- absent Mikey and Nikki, that really, like, takes a character at odds with society. And, you know, whereas, like, you know, Husbands is kind of this group think kind of, or it's a movie about like three people kind of like saying fuck you to society, but like in a very privileged way. And I mean, only for a certain, well, only for a certain amount of time. Yeah. You have Killing of a Chinese Bookie, which is kind of about this guy. Like I was thinking more about Killing of a Chinese Bookie recently and how like the facade that he creates around his life is, it's not only a, like a rejection of like, you know, you could say the film is a metaphor for filmmaking or art making, but it's also just kind of like a, you know, we talked about how it's political. It's also kind of like a fuck you to capitalism. Like this isn't a guy, this or like the sort of structures yeah. that are in place. This isn't a guy who's like, he's like gone off and killed a bunch of people for like, you know, somewhat U.S. business interests in South Asia. Right, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of, pushing back against like a kind of like stale way of living. And then opening night is about a, I think in some ways is about a woman who's kind of like, I'm not going to do the, I'm not going to be your like performative monkey, yeah, so to speak. And then this film is kind of like, I'm not going to fulfill the role that all these people, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to give you this kid. I'm not going to do what you'd expect me to do, but I'm also not going to do the thing of like being a loving mother. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Or like that kind of traditional kind of uh, mother figure. Sure. Right. Um, doesn't mean it's not about motherhood, but it's a more nuanced look at it. Than, yeah, than and if, and if Ben Gazzara is like supposed to be like a kind of theater director, then clearly Gloria's art is murder and just the interesting and just the ability to just lay to waste to put to put an end to human life like nobody. Well, there's else. a scene that we kind of missed earlier on to speak to that where. Um, they go to this fancy hotel and the, they sent up a, a, a like a bellboy oh, yeah. with a set of yeah. flowers. And she's like, if I have to blow somebody else away, it's no big deal to me. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? She like whips out the gun. And she's like, I'm not a scared And kid. I got to say that like we haven't, we in, in addition to maybe not, sort of not dwelling enough on her badassery in this movie. And I tweeted this earlier, but there is no movie without Jenna Rollins. This particular movie, she, yeah, yeah, she's like, of course, yeah. it's she's the she carries this whole movie and like, you know, John Cassavetes it's a well directed movie, but you in uh, you can tell that he's not in a he's not really trying to innovate or push. He's just making a good film, and it's a very good film. But yeah. like, what makes the movie work is the slowly building relationship between. Phil and Gloria and how they eventually like kind of learn to love each other by being very truthfully dead, dead, like very, very honest with one another. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, and her performance makes that whole thing work. And you texted me uh, while we were like sort of kind of both watching this almost at the same time. You're like Rowland's better than Cassavetes. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, I think obviously they're, they're clearly their roles in all of these films or these collaborations are so radically different. Um, but that it's impossible, at least for me now, to like think about, especially these later films, um, in which she's in, as anything other than collaborations. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, one hundo. Like, like they're, these are like films that that they both own. Right, and at this point, they're kind of aging a little bit. Which is and great. Like, yeah. 
she's aged a little bit. I mean, it's, it's great. Sorry that it becomes, it becomes like a theme in the films. Yeah, it becomes a theme in the films, but also like, I mean, I would guess she was in her. She was 50. I looked it she's up. She's 50. Wow. Yeah. And it's been really cool to watch these from beginning to end because you feel like, I don't know, I've never watched a director's work to back to back like this before. Mm-hmm. So like, you feel like you've been on like not only a ride, but like with them, with the character, but like with the, with the, with the yeah. artists and stuff like that. And like, you know, I feel like there's like, this is, you know, very, you can read an article about John Cassavetti's collaborations with Jenna Rollins and Ben Gazzara and Peter Falk. It's a very different thing to see it. Yeah. To watch yeah. it almost. I don't, I haven't watched that many, these the many movies between these films. So I've basically been watching John Cassavetti's movies since August. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Wow. Yeah, it's like watching them grow up and like in front of your eyes. Yeah, it's really, really, really cool. This is a really good movie. It is. I give it uh, three point eight staccatos. I give it. Man, I don't know. Of course, it's out of Let's, five. You know, what I'm gonna try to do. We're we're two films away from being finished here, so I'm gonna rank. I'm gonna rank. I'm gonna rank the Cassavetti's Ooh. films right should now. Should we save it for, right now or the end? We should save it for the end. Should we save it for the end? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I'm not gonna rank the films because we have one true Cassavetti's film left. And That's. Every Cassavetti's film is a true cat's not. I'm oh, not playing this deep, game of being deep. Like, sorry. Um, yeah, I would say uh, definitely see this film. It's really good. Yeah, check it out. And um, I'm Liam Billingham. I'm George Rogopoulos. And this is was Uberbusters. <laughs> Gloria, Gloria, G L O R I N. Fucking real. I'm reading Sid Field. I'm not reading Robert McKee. <laughs> Fuck Robert McKee. Fucking story. Fuck you. Fuck you, McKee. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Your uh, your cameo and adaptation was shit. I love that movie though. No, that's a really great game. Really, it's one of the best spectrum. It's the white guy, bu- guy Bible. No, that's the what Bible. The white, bi- the white guy Bible. Uh, Infinite Jest by David Foster. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yes.